0: Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the June 19th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 1345 through 1347 of the Catechism. Four, the liturgical celebration of the Eucharist, the Mass of all ages, 1345. As early as the second century, we have the witness of St. Justin Martyr for the basic lines of the order of the Eucharistic celebration. They have stayed the same until our own day for all the great liturgical families. St Justin wrote to the pagan emperor Emperor Antoninus Pius, 138-161, around the year 155, explaining what Christians did. On the day we call the Day of the Sun, All who dwell in the city or country gather in the same place. The memoirs of the apostles and the writings of the prophets are read as much as time permits. When the reader has finished, he who presides over those gathered admonishes and challenges them to imitate these beautiful things. Then we rise together and offer prayers for ourselves and for all others, wherever they may be, so that we may be found righteous by our life and actions and faithful by our commandments, so as to obtain eternal salvation. When the prayers are concluded, we exchange the kiss. Then someone brings bread and a cup of wine and water mixed together to him who presides over the brethren. He takes them and offers them to the glory of the Father of the universe through the name of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and for a considerable time he gives thanks in Greek Eucharistein, that we have been judged worthy of these gifts. When he has concluded the prayers and thanksgivings, all present give voice to an acclamation by saying "Amen." When he who presides has given thanks and the people have responded, those whom we call deacons give to those present the Eucharistized bread, wine and water, and. Take them to those who are absent. 1346. The Liturgy of the Eucharist unfolds according to a fundamental structure which has been preserved throughout the centuries down to our own day. It displays two great parts that form a fundamental unity the gathering, the Liturgy of the Word, with readings, homily, and general intercessions. The Liturgy of the Eucharist, with the presentation of the bread and wine the consecratory thanksgiving and communion the liturgy of the word and the liturgy of the eucharist together form one single act of worship the eucharistic table set for us is the table both of the word of god and of the body of the lord 1347 is this not the same movement as the paschal meal of the risen jesus with his disciples walking with them he explained the scriptures to them Sitting with them at table, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Okay, so today we've listened to this um, uh, very important um, account of Saint Justin. Saint Justin Martyr, uh, one of the, first of the uh, one of the earliest uh, church fathers, is giving this description of what the Eucharist is, is, is and he is a man who's a Samaritan. He's traveled around the world a lot. Um, I mean, a smart in that he's from a and family, obviously he's Christian. Uh, but he's travelled around the world a lot. He's a very educated person and he's able to write a letter directly to the emperor, an apology. And the apology is a, an old word. Now today it kind of means to say, I'm sorry. Uh, it, its older meaning isn't this. It's to explain, to give a defence, to explain when something is being uh, criticised. And obviously Christianity was being criticised very heavily because they were killing all the Christians. They were rounding them up. They were martyri- They were bringing them to martyrdom. And Justin explains to the Emperor, there's nothing to be afraid of here. This is what we do. And he explains how the Eucharist was celebrated. Then, I mean, it was great because he left us with this description. It didn't turn out too well for, for Justin himself because, as I always say, St. Justin Martyr. Martyr isn't his last name. His surname isn't Martyr. He was martyred. He was killed for the faith. But he leaves us this beautiful description that is really the same nucleus of the Eucharist, of the Mass, that we have today. And is at the heart of every liturgical celebration of the Eucharist. That there are many different rites of the Eucharist. There are things that seem to be very different. If you go to a, a liturgy with the with the Byzantines or with the Copts or with some other Christian group, you mightn't really know what's happening. It could uh, be a bit confusing, especially if it's in a different language and different customs. But at its root, it's this. At its root, it's exactly what Justin is saying. This explanation of the Liturgy of the Word and the Liturgy of the Eucharist. And that this is at the heart of every Eucharistic celebration. Every celebration of Mass takes this form and has taken it and will take it. And so yes, things can change. aspects can change. Uh, I mean, many aspects can change, and sometimes some of the aspects must change if things um, change in in usage. You know that as as culture changes, as the world changes, we we need necessarily to to change. Uh, you know to change the liturgy. Certain things wouldn't be uh, acceptable anymore uh, today. Things are different, and we need to. Yes, keep the nucleus. Yes, keep the tradition of the church. But uh, also to announce it in the best way. To celebrate it in a way that it can reach people. In a way that it can make sense to people as much as possible. Again, we never fully understand it. But if we can celebrate Mass in a way that people can understand, in a way that people can appropriate it, then this is something good to do. And if uh, something is kind of Uh, trapped in culture and needs to change, then we need to change it. For example, a little over 100 years ago, Pope Saint Pius X um, realised that nobody was ever receiving communion, that in the Catholic Church people generally receive communion once a year and that was it. And he said this isn't right and so he campaigned to change and to bring back communion of the people, to have people receive Communion when they go to Mass, if they're not in a state of sin, to receive Communion. And this was a change that, uh, again, had happened for many centuries. For many centuries, people were nearly not were nearly never receiving Communion. They were just doing the minimum most people of once a year or so. And so Pius X uh, saw that this wasn't right and he saw that he had to change it, so the liturgy can change. But in its structure, in its foundation, it has to be true to this shape, that this type, that this structure is the the one that comes from the the earliest church and uh, I suppose something that comes from Christ himself and therefore we can't change it. And again, the main part that we need to see is that in the Eucharist there are some other minor parts, but the main parts are a liturgy of the word and a liturgy of the Eucharist. And that we always need to proclaim the word of God. And we always need to have the canon or the Eucharistic prayer needs to be in every liturgy in order for it to be a Eucharist. So this is um, this is what we're um, saying at the moment, that this is um, a very beautiful section. As I say, it's a, it's a lovely uh, definition of of what the Mass is about. And tomorrow we'll continue. And tomorrow we're going to be looking at Numbers 1348 through 1355. God bless.